As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. After Dark, your football season dispatch from the dystopian reality that is the year 2020. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Got my co-host, John Stefanchik here. Uh, Wes and Dean is not here. I was thinking about that, John, despite the fact that last week, I think he did ask us if he could just come on every week. Uh, I'm not saying this is a no, Wesson. We always love having you. I'm just saying this week, I just it's just me and John. So we'll see what next week holds. We, we, you never know. Uh, we got a week of SEC football in the books. We got our first NFL COVID-19 outbreak. Presidential debates are happening. The election is how long? From five weeks away or so? Something like that? Five uh, to six weeks there. away? We're 30-something days away. Basically, there's a lot of shit happening. So we're podcasting two weeks in a row. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this even happens on a weekly basis. For uh, football season, we'll see. I think that might might not be too bold a prediction. Uh, but what's up, John? H- how you doing? How has your week been uh, since we last talked? It's been good. We are knocking on the door of fall here. I mean, obviously, it is fall from a calendar standpoint. From a, yeah, but what's the weather? What's the weather report? From that perspective, we were in the seventies today. Uh, I think we're 70, low 70s tomorrow. We're down in the 60s Friday onwards, so we're getting there. Le, leaf peeping is near peak in the uh, central and northern part of New Hampshire, the White Mountains, right about there. Depending on how I feel, I may go take a little, make a little, take, take a little stroll up there Saturday morning, ride around, crisp air, look at the leaves, feel good, <laughs> meditate before Lane goes into uh, Lexington. So explain and, uh, explain that you, people just drive around and, and look at the trees. Is that what's going on? Pretty much. Yeah, so it's pretty much you like – You go for a picnic, you go camping, uh, you can go apple picking if you want to. I sure. Mean, you yeah. Basically, you wear – you know, everybody gets their jeans out, gets their flannel on. Uh, you can drink ciders, uh, porters, autumn beers, um, Oktoberfest beer. It's all uh, – Pumpkin ales, that's all there. It's that time of year. Well, you're that probably still like, hotter than still yeah. hotter hell in Houston. What's the what's the uh, humidity? Four hundred percent. Well, the humidity definitely is, but I think it is here. I'll try, I'll give you up to the minute. It is a crisp eighty-one right now. It's actually felt pretty good. What's the dew lately. point? Mm, uh, the dew point is not on the Apple Weather app that I can see, but I'm sure it's. I don't know, but but. 8 a.m. tomorrow, we're at 64. That's oh, pretty, congratulations. That's, That's hope. That's hope. Yeah, and actually, they said there was a cold front this week. So, uh, this is this is getting chilly for us. Looking ahead to the weekend, looks like we got highs in the low 80s, lows in the, in the low 60s. So, that's not too bad at all. But, yeah, I don't know about leaves changing. I don't know what that means. But uh, You don't uh, have that in there. 
Yeah, that, that the driving around looking at leaves sounds like my grandmother at Christmas time. Or get in the car, go look at all the lights, go to the the drive through Christmas light place. Yes, that, uh, I can, I can uh, relate to that. Things are simple and competent in the, in the White Mountains, which is a which is well received compared to most of the rest of the society and the country and the world at this point. So. We're not complaining, but we want to be near a TV for at a four Eastern Saturday. Yeah, uh, I think there might the be lane, a lane version two. It's the most we talked about. It's the most last week. It was the most excited I've been for an opener in five years, and that was fun to watch. Lane put six hundred and twenty yards up against Florida. Uh, kicker sucks. Defense is uh, defense needs some more Jimmys and Joes. You were just telling me Otis Reese got a, a stamp of approval from. The, our, our wonderful friends in Birmingham. So that's the rumor. Yeah, we'll see. Week one to week two is always the biggest jump. Um, this year, you may it, it could be interesting. I mean, this you could you could see teams in weeks three and four look much different, better than one and two, just based on how there's no spring uh, contact limited in this the summer. New staffs like what Ole Miss had was very um, – it's been throw dudes together. Honestly, for execution to look the way it did was pretty impressive given the limited interaction they've had. Well, about, so. about half the execution, right? But you know what, John, before we go too much deeper into week one, which we're definitely going to do, especially that Ole Miss versus Florida game, yeah. uh, just want to remind our listeners, we might not be able to go to games this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Uh, so still, it's not too late. Get on those season opening bonuses. Start off wagering on wins, divisions, championship futures. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. And take advantage of all those sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We thank them for sponsoring the show. And, yeah, let's let's get into it, John. You mentioned really a lot of the high-level takeaways. Defense is shit. Kicker is shit. Offense, pretty good. I mean uh, – yeah, yeah, uh, Plumlee, quarterback, disrupts the offense to get his ass off the field. Yeah, Plumlee. And so, let's start with the first drive. And I will just say, of course, I think if you're listening, you probably know this already, but Florida does win. 51-35, to 35, narrowly covers the spread. We'll talk about that in a second. But watching that – uh into the fourth quarter where, in my opinion, it was pretty clear that both Mullen and Kiffin were aware of the spread. Uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, opening drive, they come out, and I'm still, you know, getting the Bloody Marys ready. I'm still a little distracted, but I'm, I'm trying to also figure out what the hell is going on. This is the first time we're seeing Lane Kiffin's offense. And, uh, I mean, frankly, he did what I was hoping he was going to do, which is run out there with two QBs on the field, He's got Plumlee in the slot, doing all kinds of funky stuff. It was fun to watch. They did get on that drive, ended up going for it on fourth down, uh, down in the red zone and near the red zone area. Um, and later on, we saw another reason why that was a good idea because Luke Logan is still an atrocious kicker. Uh, really going to be a problem moving forward. I think you're going to have to go for it on fourth down a lot. And given yep. that he wants to do that anyway because of analytics, but I think this year is even extra – the analytics say go for it on fourth down because Luke Logan is your kicker. Um, but yeah, I mean, Florida was unstoppable. Uh, there were some questionable moments. We're not going to talk about the refs on this show because it's just a stupid narrative, but there were some interesting calls uh, on some third downs there. But regardless, uh, Kyle Trask put on a show. I think it's going to be really interesting 
uh, and probably important for Ole Miss's defense um, in the long run to kind of see how Florida looks the rest of this year. Because against Ole Miss, it looked like they were a top five team. Uh, offensively, the defense, I think they probably have some question marks as well after what Ole Miss did to them. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, I think it was definitely a bigger indictment of Florida's defense on the day – or sorry, of Ole Miss's defense on the day than Florida's. But, I mean, yeah. anytime you're giving up four touchdowns to a tight end, it's going to be a painful day. A couple other passing touchdowns. Florida didn't really run a ton. I mean, they didn't have to because anytime Trask wanted to, he could he could drop back and, and tear apart the pass defense. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, going back to your point in the beginning, John, by far the most fun I've had watching an Ole Miss team since, I mean, maybe the Sugar Bowl. Even when you think about the games since then that were positives, they were still kind of grinds. I mean, the Shea Patterson win in College Station was an ugly win. Luke's biggest wins, the the Egg Bowls in Starkville. I mean, that Egg Bowl where DKP in the end zone, AJ had some long passes. That was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, but there are always clouds in the sky. Somewhere. Exactly. It, it never feels like you're really moving in a positive direction during the Luke era or the last two seasons of Hugh Freeze. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I guess that Georgia game where they scored a bunch in Oxford. But I'd say as far as optimism, uh, you got to go back to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, in, in early 2016 at the end of the 2015 season to match how it felt Saturday, which is weird because it was a, it was a loss by more than two touchdowns. But those 35 points, the way the team played hard, they seemed like their ceiling was, was well above where they were playing even. Um, and I'm just encouraged by the fact that, yeah, the defense looks terrible, but I have some faith in the staff. And I know that Kiffin's going to put emphasis on recruiting and transfers and JUCO guys. Um, and that makes you think, unlike with Matt Luke, that this is just the way it's going to be forever. Um, and some of those freeze defenses the same way. It just felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. So um, a lot to build off of, I think. But Matt Corral had a really good day. Um, his decision-making, to me, looks night and day. And I think that probably goes back to the difference in having Rich Rodriguez and Matt Luke versus Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. These are, these are quarterback coaches. These are people that know how to get the most out of their quarterbacks. Um, and that makes a huge difference, it seems, in Corral's play. I mean, his, his, he was making the right reads, making the right passes. We talked about Elijah Moore, over 200 yards of, of uh, catches on the day, which is insane. Uh, Jerry and Ely looked very good. Um, I think there were some mistakes from the coaching perspective on offense. Uh, Tylen Knight had a third and one run that was pretty puzzling when you have guys like Snoop Connor on the roster um, that, that obviously got stopped. But I also have to be optimistic and believe that Kiffin's going to learn from those uh, momentary issues. And we hopefully won't see that again. Um, so a ton to build off of going into Kentucky and I'm, I'm excited for that game. I think Kentucky is a better matchup for Ole Miss uh, for Ole Miss's defense. Um, at least from what we've seen. I mean, hell, we could, we could be the worst run defense in the world as well. But coming out of that Florida game, obviously the pass defense is in big trouble. And it's, it's nice that against Kentucky, you're probably going to be going up against a, a very run-first centered offense, at least based on what we saw against Auburn. Yeah. I thought the defense was schemed pretty well. And I thought, the play, I thought players, for the most part, knew assignments. Right. I think it's just me – the optimistic view would be maybe it's comfort factor executing the scheme. The reality is, is they just they need more they need more talent on that side of the ball. Um, 
I'll say watching the league, we'll get into it here in a minute. Um, I think the only game I look at and say Ole Miss can't win is Alabama at this point. LSU's winnable. We'll talk about that in more detail. State's going to be tough because of their ability to throw the ball. Um, Auburn at home is not going to be easy by any means, but, I mean, it's not like Bo Nix went out there and set the world on fire. The rest of it, A&M played. I didn't see any of the A&M Vandy game. I don't know if Vandy was better than whatever. Everybody, I mean, rumor was Vandy was atrocious. Um, I don't know if they played better. I think there was a bunch of fumbles in that game. Uh, South Carolina lost to an okay Tennessee team. I mean, if Kiffin hit Yahtzee and went six and four, I told me that happened. I'd believe it at all. Uh, um, this game this weekend against Kentucky because Kentucky and Ole Miss both probably have some. There's portions of portions. The average fans thinking maybe we got a shot at having a reasonable year, um, but both but both fan bases expect to win this or need slash expect to win this game and have that happen. For Ole Miss, it's less important when lost column more and how it looks, but. Couple other comments that come to mind. I thought the O line played played pretty well. It was, but I was waiting for that to be a weakness. They were actually solid. I thought pretty solid. Um, early, in, I guess, I guess it was second drive of the game. It was third and nineteen, and Corral, I think, on second down, spun into an atrocious sack. And I'm thinking, Dan, I'm thinking, are they going to have to manage everything around here? Is he going to be able to play? It's a third and 19. It's a touchdown pass. And from there, it was like, damn, they actually may have something here. Um, Elijah Moore coming out of the backfield a lot was mm-hmm. um, a lot of good scheming I there. Ontario Drummond, I mean, he had two TDs, but even that doesn't reflect. I mean, they were, it was, they were huge. They, they were just massive yeah. catches. Um, he was on the team last year, and he didn't really – I mean, no receiver really flashed last year. Elijah Moore got the bulk of any type of passing offense, but they were just so bad last year uh, outside of the run. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see. And you talked about, you know, the possibility of a six and four year. I don't know the numbers, but if Kiffin's going to exceed expectations this year, um, I think it's going to have to be – can he adjust to the adjustments? Because I think obviously Elijah Moore is going to get a lot of coverage. The question is going to be, can guys like Jonathan Mingo, yep. uh, Braylon Sanders, Drummond, who we saw a lot of. Can, who was the tight end transfer? He yeah, Kenny, Kenny Yuba, Yoba. And then, I mean, you have weapons at pretty much every position group. You need the offensive line to stay healthy. And then if, I mean, if, if you're going to win six games in this weird, funky, tough season with all SEC games, I think you're going to have to average like 42 points a game or something ridiculous with this defense. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I think that's the path right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking around kick, the league, kick, I totally kicking agree. Game, kicking games a liability to the point it's probably going to cost. They'll probably cost, lose a game. It's going to cost them a game or two. Yeah, yep, for sure. Um, and that's just – it sucks, but it is what it is. I don't know what you can really do about it. Logan is cannot be counted on. I mean, hell, they, they got a guy that does kickoffs. I don't know why you don't give him a shot. Um, I don't know. Well, I, Mac I Brown refuse. back there. Mac Brown punted. I mean, we don't like to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he did a good he job. Picked, he picked the shit out of it. Hell, I mean, we'd be, we be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that uh, and, and potentially, like, the, the most damaging – Lane Kiffin to Hugh Freeze snub. He pulled off a beautiful wide receiver pass with Dontario Drummond 
uh, oh, yeah. threw back to him. That. Drummond actually pump faked and, and completely dodged the tackler and then threw down the field. Um, so that was, that was good to see. It's just, it's like I said, it was an exciting game. They, they fought hard. They, they didn't lay down when they – I mean, uh, one of the big turning points in the game going from actually could this be a winnable game to just it's going to be a boat race where Florida's going to keep scoring even if Ole Miss keeps scoring was uh, Florida got the ball back with I'm not sure how much time in the first half, three minutes or so, went down, gave up another touchdown to Kyle Pitts, the tight end, with like five seconds left. Florida got the ball back again after halftime, scored a touchdown. I mean, that's a huge swing in any shootout. So – I think if you're Kiffin and you're trying to find ways to win with what you have, stuff yep. like that has to be really tightly managed. The defense needs to get choice stops, if not frequent stops. You know, like getting a stop there could have changed the whole complexion of the game because that's a 14-point swing. Um, so th- there were things in that game where the scoreline wasn't – crazy blowout i mean like i said more than two scores 51 35 but it at times it felt a lot closer than that i think it was 7 7 14 14 uh both at one point um so and again i mean looking at the schedule and what we know so far it's hard telling me florida is not the second or third best team on that schedule i think alabama will probably be the toughest game but Florida on paper, if I mean, we'll see. Based if, on one game, you'd go Alabama-Florida. Exactly. So we'll see as Florida plays out. I don't know who Florida gets this week. Uh, we'll look ahead to that. When they we, go either they host or – I think they probably – they host South Carolina. Okay, so not going to learn a ton about them this week. But I, I think the Florida team has a ton of potential. Um, and, and talking about how the Ole Miss offense performed, again, on paper, this Florida defense is – one of the best two or three are going to play all year. So it's encouraging that they were able to move the ball pretty much the entire game. It's, it's going to be a fun season and hopefully a fun several years here uh, with Kiffin and his staff um, in town. It's, it's, it's a fun brand of football for sure. I really like Lebby's offense. I was getting pretty excited about it last week going into the game, watching some, some UCF film. Um, essentially, you have the Hugh Freeze – passing concepts and RPOs, but instead of running to the edge like Freeze wanted to do, it's a real focus on inside power, um, which is fun to watch, especially when you got bruisers like, uh, like um, Snoop Connor and then guys like Jay and Ely, they're really all-purpose. Um, it's it's, it's going to be a good mix. I liked how fast they played. That's a real hallmark of his offenses. Um, they, they go tempo regardless of what else is going on and just try to catch you out of position. Um, and I thought the red zone efficiency was good, too. Uh, the end of the game was really funny when Kiffin kicked an onside uh, kick and then got the ball back down 16. I don't I, – I, I know you can't do it. It's just – it's too bad of a look. But I was really kind of hoping with five seconds left, he kicked the field goal to, to cover. That would have just I, – I thought for a second he was going to do it because it seemed like they were trying so hard to get the cover. But uh, they went for the touchdown and said it didn't work out. Um, regardless like i said the team never gave up and i think they're they're staying optimistic i think they get a boost this week from the otis reese news that, that john mentioned earlier the the transfer from georgia i don't think it's confirmed confirmed uh that he's totally cleared but the sec went ahead and cleared a bunch of people today like in one fell swoop interesting wrinkle there john uh joey gatewood at kentucky also cleared today by the sec so that could be interesting i think he's he's the other qb Terry Wilson's their like fifth year senior guy who's yep. been there a long time. But I, I I don't think he's gonna like get benched or anything. 
but it could be a wrinkle there of Gatewood, who I think is a lot more of a passing QB. Again, I don't know much about Kentucky, but this is what I'm kind of reading in the tea leaves. With yeah. Wilson out there, I think Kentucky is going to be a very run-heavy team. They'll take play-action shots, but it's not going to be like Trask sitting back in the pocket. And I mean, Trask was is hitting like his fourth and fifth reads. You know, like this is a that that was a very polished passing performance that that Ole Miss got dismantled by. So. I'm interested to see how the defense matches up against a, a more run-heavy team, and I'm interested to see how they play after week one and adjustments and, you know, what can Lane and the coaches that we were all really hyped about this, this heralded coaching staff you built, you know, what can they build on? How can they kind of scheme up? Because like you said, the, the Jimmys and Joes, I'm getting so tired of hearing that cliche, but it's, it's you know, what everyone's going to say about Ole Miss when they get beat this year is, you know, scheme can't account for talent gaps sometimes. Um, but this Kentucky game is a great opportunity. Like you said, it's a swing game for both, uh, both schools. But we got to talk about what else happened in the SEC, John, because week one was very interesting. I think you already mentioned what was – I said last week the game of the week definitely turned out in actuality to be the game of the week. Mississippi State in Baton Rouge. Um, reminds me a lot of when Dak went down there and embarrassed him at night like a few years back, I think his, his junior year. Yeah. Um, they were completely caught off guard. LSU, I, hey, props Mississippi State. Leach, Leach's offense is going to leech. They're going to throw the ball around and put up crazy numbers, set the SEC record for passing yardage in his first game. But I got to say, for me, the bigger takeaway, like definitely 1B or the number two is like KJ Costello's great quarterback. They're ahead of schedule because they got Costello. He's going to do big things this season. But the number one takeaway is like, LSU doesn't care at all, and they look terrible on defense. I, it's I, uh, they're as checked out on this season as the Red Sox were in baseball this year. And you just I got mean, to play everybody who's like COVID, forget it. And it's not even just the players; like they refuse to even play. Well, against that, that, well they, they watch Miles Brennan in practice and go, uh, "He's not Joe Burrow." <laughs> Good so, Lord, Miles Brennan. I, I like the people after the game that were saying Brennan's not the problem, it's the defense. It's like, okay, he might not be the biggest problem. He is a serious problem. Miles Brennan looked horrible at quarterback. You know, I remember it was a big controversy when he didn't get an offer at Ole Miss and, and went and, and played at LSU. And they're like, oh, obviously if LSU wants him, Ole Miss is making a, a mistake. Well, in this case, I think uh, Ole Miss came out the better end of that deal because Miles Brennan looks terrible. I don't know if they have anybody else on their roster that can really be the starter this year, but, I mean, I'd try. Um, and, yeah, their defense was hit by COVID opt-outs, and then their best cornerback had, like, an allergic reaction the night before the game and missed that as well. But still, I would think LSU's second and third string should play a lot better than that in a normal year. That was just atrocious defensively. I, I don't think they really cared all about this season. Um, and it really kind of changes the complexion when you look across the league at everybody's schedule because suddenly that game is a lot different than it was a week ago when we were looking at it, right? Yeah. It'll be interesting. I think if um, – I really don't have much to add. State, I mean, eventually you see where State ends up through the year. Um, can they go run up the score against a bunch of people? Or is LSU that bad Saturday? That, that's kind of – there's a lot of – a lot of range there. I mean, I mean, I think I think State is probably going to have a leech moment 
pretty soon, right? Where, yeah, you beat LSU, but then you turn around to get beat by a team you, you thought you were going to win. You lose to Arkansas or something. Stupid. Right. I'm not predicting they're going to lose Arkansas this weekend, but if Pittman went out and beat Leach somehow after that, you know, talk of the nation performance in Baton Rouge, would that not be a very Mike Leach performance? We'll see. We're going to find out. Yep. Uh, looking around. Have, oh, they do have Arkansas. I was just exactly. No, exactly. They do have Arkansas. Um, but yeah, I mean, just touching on state briefly, I already mentioned it, but I, I think they're way ahead of schedule in year one with Costello. Um, if, if Leach was trying to do that with Schrader or whoever else they have on state's roster, I think it's a, it's a lot more difficult. Um, if Costello stays healthy, he's going to have an insane season numbers wise. To me, the biggest thing about state is that Leach is getting this crazy passing performance. This is what Leach does out of, complete trash heap of players at wide receiver that states had in recent I mean years. he literally just took a bunch of dudes threw them together in about six weeks and went down there and did that I mean for for five years brilliant coaching yeah absolutely for five years states wide receivers have been like in the bottom three in the league and these are the same guys going out there putting up crazy numbers um so it, it's it's going to be fun this egg bowl has a lot of potential if both teams stay healthy to be crazy uh, as far as the scores are concerned, it, it could be one of the most fun games of the year. It's early for that, obviously. We're still eight weeks away from then. But, uh, it, you know, the way both offenses played in the opener, it could be really fun. Yeah. All right, so looking at the other games this weekend, uh, Georgia ends up beating Arkansas by 27, but got off to a slow start. Um, I don't know if that's a game one thing. I don't know if they're just not going to be that good this year. But it was- uh, They don't have a quarterback they can trust yet, and that's a problem. Right. Don't they have a, they have a transfer or something that maybe will be playing at some point? I guess we'll find out. I don't, I don't know. know. We'll find out. Um, Alabama rolled Missouri. Not surprising. You already mentioned Tennessee. It did not cover, so I'm 0-1 oh, on – Kentucky also didn't cover, so I'm 0-1, but I knew it. I knew Alabama wasn't going to cover. Um, yeah, so I did actually watch. Well, um, you got screwed by that. I mean, the guy scored in the second quarter of the Kentucky game. Right. I that wasn't was, watching, but I did hear it was uh, – you, Bir- you got Birminghamed. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, what else is new? Um, I did watch the Vanderbilt A&M game. Again, this is – I'm going to say something I said about Georgia. I don't know if this is just a game one A&M, but they looked really bad. And I mean, like, I, I don't know what everyone – Rumor rumor from a source that uh, we, would, we both know, so, source of a mutual acquaintance we both know, um, is that Ross is – little Ross is already quietly telling everybody, he, making it clear he did not hire Jimbo. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that does sound like uh, Dirty Ross to me. That sounds like he's already trying to get out of a, a, a problem. Little Ross and, uh, and Jekyll and Hyde Jimbo deserve each other. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I just – I don't know what everyone expected out of a Kellen Mond run offense, and I just – yeah. I, I, I will say, is, as much as we like to make fun of Jimbo, I'm giving – there's some recruiting deal booster thing with Kellen Mond. When Kellen Mond's gone, I want to see who I want to see who how, how they do the year after that. And if if they took a jump and got and took a step 
and took a step afterwards, that would not surprise me. But I wouldn't bet on it by any means. But I do think that might be – I think that is a scenario in the whole a and I just – I – yeah. I, yeah, we'll see. I, it just seems like Jimbo is kind of – kind of done. I don't know. We're going to find out. I mean, this season they have some, some opportunities to prove themselves, honestly. But Vanderbilt could have won that game. And Vanderbilt has no business – winning games this year they had a lot of people opt out we got a new quarterback Derek Mason is just there definitely um you know as a as a married in Vanderbilt fan I can tell you uh we don't expect to win many games when we turn on the Vanderbilt game but yeah as an interesting one um I, I think A&M is a storyline to watch in this league for sure uh just because again like LSU they they could they could change up some some win totals by the fact that they're not maybe as good as definitely not as good as their ranking said they were going to be the rankings now are just all so weird anyway man like the the big 10 not playing yet and rankings are hard to comprehend digest they really don't mean shit yeah yeah i would agree um all right so Let's look at some lines for this week before we get there. Again, want to shout out our sponsor, betonline.ag. Head over there, get some parlays in this week. Maybe, uh, you know, put together some of these picks we're going to make. Although, like I said last week, I don't know if I really will put too much stock on me and John's picks this year uh, since we're trying to do all SEC lines. Um, a, a lot harder when you get to pick against, like, um, just every random game on the schedule. But yep. – as I said before, don't forget all the bonuses over there at betonline.ag, all the different things you can bet on. Um, always some fun to be had uh, on a college football weekend, especially with all these SEC games going on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, got to mention our other sponsor. You know I love talking about Manscaped. Uh, 2020 has been the year of things happening. They're completely out of your control, but the one that you can't control is shaving your balls. Um, again, just imagine here a, a funny story about manscaping. I don't necessarily have one, but you can imagine how that could be funny. Uh, you know, you don't have to deal with that with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's funny story or funny stories, the right comments or tragic stories, the right comment for, I think as long as it's not potential it, memorable moments. In this as long story. as it's not you, it's funny, right? The more tragic the story of, of, of manscaping, the funnier it would be. But yeah, if you're the one that's the, uh, the victim in the story it would it would not be the too funny focal subject matter individual yeah yeah exactly that's what we're talking about john we're talking about the focal subject matter you know and, and treating it right the manscape lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer designed to give you a confidence boost through your body image also you can be confident about their ceramic blade with skin safe technology reduces nicks and tugs on your fellows down there also waterproof and comes with an LED light. You can take it on the go, you know, do some night shaving, whatever you got to do out there. Um, and, and getting a little bit, uh, you know, above the belt or, or a little less gross, the Shears 2.0 nail kit is the perfect add-on to the lawnmower 3.0. It's a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, including tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Uh, you can also pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style with the Shears 2.0. Uh, one other thing from their website, the Crop Preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer uh, helps you tame that fall swamp ass if you're down somewhere hot like me. Um, if you're John, you can just get it and stock up for next summer. 
Um, go over to manscaped.com. Check out some of these life-changing products. Uh, actually, if you listen to this show, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping. That's a great deal. Just use code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. All you got to do is use our code armchair, one word. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and start shaving your front truck. Thank you to Manscaped. All right. Lines of the Line week. this week, I've got, uh, I've got the games up but don't have any lines. So I'm, okay. I'm interested. I want to amuse myself and try to guess each line. So I don't okay. care what other games we go, but throw them out there. I'll I like see that. How. I like that. All right. So just scanning, I think we're just going to once again ignore pretty much all non SEC lines. The rest of these look pretty mediocre. Uh, there's a few here. Let's, we'll, do, we'll do SEC and then we could, we could swing back on some of these. So uh, why don't you guess uh, Missouri at Tennessee? Tennessee is going to be favored, I would think. That's right. It's probably in the two-touchdown neighborhood. I'm going to say Vols minus 13 and a half. That's high. I think Missouri is getting a little bit of credit based on the fact they played Alabama, right? I got Tennessee minus 10. Okay. Um, and honestly, I think Missouri plus 10 there is probably a decent bet. Um, I mean, that's a lot of points. Yeah, that's right where I would put this. Right, right. That's uh, these SEC lines. They're so good at putting them, man. It's it's no joke. Um, I think Saban took the foot off the gas in the second half pretty hard, game week one to get people in and uh, have something to yell about. Of course, I mean that's you, you always got to plan against that in certain Saban games, right? Oh, yeah. here is a here is a brutal game and a chance for Texas A and M to redeem themselves. Texas A and M at Alabama. This is the two thirty game. A and M was allegedly thirteenth in the country. That's hilarious. They just played like crap. I mean, they played like crap against Vandy. Hey, they slid. They slid three spots. They were number ten. I think this is between a seventeen and twenty. I'm going to say Alabama minus nineteen and a half. You're close. Uh, we got an Alabama minus 17 and a half over here. Okay. I'm going to field goal these. Right. Exactly. You're, you're doing good. Um, you're going a little heavy to the favorites. So maybe just think about yep. that. Um, I mean, if you told me A&M covered and looked way better, they were looking ahead last week, et cetera, et cetera. That's feasible, but definitely leaning Alabama. I think, think Saban loves kicking Jimbo's ass. Yeah, and I, I, I think ever since uh, Johnny Football beat Saban, it's been it's been a bad scene for AM and these games. Agree. I think I think Saban went easy second half against Missouri because he wanted to rip into him and go make a statement against A and M. This is yeah. this feels like a dominance assertion. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Alabama covers that minus seventeen and a half. Also, eighty three percent of the public agree with me on this bet. Um, yeah. We'll come back to Ole Miss, Kentucky, but seeing something, a little bit of interest there in the public betting. Let's move on to Auburn, Georgia. This is actually, this could be one of the better games this weekend. It's interesting. Uh, rivalry game. I think first, I think one only like the third time in history they've played it outside of November. Mm. Um, Georgia at home. They have a roster. They don't have a quarterback. Auburn. You know, your defense, Bo Nix is back. Either team can win. Hmm. 
like a Georgia three for home. Georgia minus four. All right, we got Georgia minus seven. You went too far towards the favorite, uh, towards the underdog there, but I think your line is more what I would put it at. I think minus seven, seven is a lot. Is... Yeah, and, and also, what are we? Are we still giving the home team three points without a crowd? Um, that's a good point. That's a that's a fair question. I don't know. Um, Auburn, Auburn was seven points. That's it. I'm, yeah, I'm taking Auburn plus seven there. And, an exper- and a quarterback with experience. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like that game. That's a night game, 730. Uh, or I guess 630 for me, probably a 730 for you. Yep. Um, that's a good one. LSU Vanderbilt. Ooh. Two, two, uh, actually. You know, Vanderbilt plays AM close. LSU gets blown out. I I'm, I think Vanderbilt's covering this line, but I want to hear what you think it is. I think it's between two and three touchdowns. I'd say 15 for LSU minus 15, somewhere in there. A little over two touchdowns is my. Yeah, so it's it's almost three minus 20 and a half here. Open oh, minus Vandy, 20. Vandy's covering that. Mason's guys will play hard. I would think so. I mean, it's, I, I think they come out of that A&M game encouraged, right? They, they were not expected to lose that game by five and, and have the ball with the possibility uh, to win Miles it. Miles Brennan's not good enough to say we're going to go throw against a team because Mason will scheme. Some, will scheme. Um, damn, 20 and a half? Yeah. That's a – that's a big line. Yeah, I, think but, the, I think the homers are in on this one. Vegas is stretching it because there's going to – how many people – how, how many casual betters but it was the defending national champs they're going to bounce back, lay them? I guess so. And, I, I mean, I also think that just generally LSU has a big enough fan base that they can, they can emotionally bet lines where they're just, they're just banking on yep. the fact that they're going to they're gonna look better this week. Like coach they're definitely getting out. a – yeah, there's, there's definitely – and it's Vanderbilt has a horrible – any casual Joe's like Vanderbilt, you're kidding. There's probably mm-hmm. three to five points on the line built into all those factors. So. But, I mean, LSU was like a 19-point favorite over State. So, I mean, this is – yeah, I, I think Vandy, Vandy covers this. If you told me LSU bounces back and scores a bunch of points, okay. I just – I don't see it after watching. Vandy that covering, Auburn covering. I mean, that's, that's a parlay at this point. I would think so. I would think so. I mean, I think I'm more confident in Vandy covering than Auburn, but I do think Auburn – I totally a agree. Good game. Yeah. Um, all right. Arkansas at Mississippi State. How, how big is the reaction, you think, to that LSU win? Two to three touchdowns. I think people are going to be less, less bold. I think it's closer to two, like 14 and a half. Feel, well, it's probably light, but 14 and a half. It's state. a little, it's a little bit light. I think the reaction's big. And, you know, I think people aren't really respecting whatever Arkansas did against Georgia. Opens at minus 17. 77% of the okay. best on Mississippi State were at minus 18 now. Um, if you I get really, a Arkansas at 18, I like. Yeah. I I think so too because I'm I'm going back to my thought process earlier where Leach is going to leech, uh, and he kind of plays to his competition, right? Hey, so, it's a hangover game for State. Uh-huh. They've been reading the press clippings. Arkansas is good enough to win it, but they played hard against Georgia. It's a new coach. 
I mean, hell, I think Felipe Franks is a better quarterback than Miles Brennan. Yeah, we will. We'll see what I mean. The state defense did, get, did give up thirty-four to Miles Brennan. Yep. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I, Arkansas. Seventeen and a half or higher would be the direction I would lean if you had to put money on that game. I, yeah, I really think that game is a, a chaos game where I have no idea how it turns out. But if you make me pick, which we're making us do, I'm taking Arkansas plus eighteen. Um, all right, let's circle back to Ole Miss at Kentucky. Uh, John, you probably know how this one opened, huh? This I do. It was in the six neighborhood, depending right. on who you were. Um, Where's it at now? Where's the money coming in? All right, so what I'm seeing over on uh, the spread.com public bets page, it opens Kentucky minus 6.5. 62% of bets are on Ole Miss. Right now it's sitting at minus 5.5. I think essentially a lot of people are looking at this as a game that either team could win. Yeah, I think the casual national money is going to come in on lane just because people know who he is. I mean, if you could get, if you could get old miss it at plus seven and a half, that's money. I mean, I think that's money right there. A plus five and a half is I'm a little bit, a little bit answer here. As dumb as this sounds, the problem with old miss in this game is they can lose it by 10 because Luke Logan screws up two yep. field goals and the score gets backwards. But, but I think Kentucky's going to try to short, shorten the game. Yeah. This is a coin flip game. I don't really have it. I don't know who wins this. We just don't know enough about either team to really see. But um, it, it, it's a this is a pivot point for both seasons. As I've said that yeah. about three times now. But this this is really it's probably in many ways the least sexy game on the whole SEC slate. But it's from a what it means. Well, to I would say Vandy Ellis Vandy LSU is pretty unsexy. But but LSU has Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Ole Miss to win this game. I think it could go either direction. Um, I, you know, if I'm picking a game day coach, I'm picking Lane Kiffin. If I'm picking a coach to develop my players for the next three years, I'm picking Mark Stoops. Um, I think Kiffin schemes a way to get his first SEC win in Lexington. Yep. They have a lot to build on offensively. They have a lot to build back from defensively. I like the matchup of a of a running team as opposed to what Florida did to Ole Miss's defense. I think the game is going to be move a lot slower, especially when when Kentucky has the ball. Yeah. Um, I think if Ole Miss gets out to a hot start, that's going to make a huge difference. I, I think the game script here for your first couple drives with Corral and Ely has to be on point. You, you you find a way to exploit whatever their defense is going to give you and go out and score two touchdowns your first two drives. I think you got Kentucky playing your game, and then uh, things could get really really positive for Kiffin. I think if it's a if it's a seven three game in the in the end of the second quarter, probably Kentucky's day. That's kind of the two ways I can see this going. Um, as far as the line. It's not my lock of the week, but yeah, give me Ole Miss plus five and a half. I think if they lose, it's going to be by three or seven. Um, now, let's talk about what the lock of the week is going to be, though, John, because once again, these SEC games, these are really fucking hard to pick. You got any idea? Do we, what, do we talk about Florida? I'm not seeing them all. Oh, sorry, I skipped that one. Yeah, so you want to guess uh, South Carolina at Florida? 
Florida's going to be big. It's, it's moved trying, to half trying point. To fi- trying to figure out over under three touchdowns. It's moved to half point towards South Carolina since it opened. 1920, say 20. Florida it's an open, it opened Florida minus 18. Now okay. it's Florida minus 17 and a half. Ooh, yeah. Florida minus 17 and a half is in lock of the week territory. That's, um, I think, I, I, I think, I think we can already see Muschamp getting fired. Yeah. Well, it's cool. He probably won't get fired because of the whole pandemic ordeal. Sure. But if it was a normal year, this would be kind of this would be his last year. So that's kind of all odd. Um, but I think I think Mullen wants to ride here and really make a statement. He's an elite team. He's got a chance to do that here. Um, Florida. I agree. I would say a Florida lay Florida Vandy with the points would be the two most appealing lines I see. Mm-hmm. Um, if you did a whole SEC parlay, I would. I would say play, Alabama minus 17 and a half is fairly safe. Lay Florida, take Missouri in the points, lay Bama, take Ole Miss, although that game is probably the one I feel the worst about. Yeah, take Auburn, agree. take Arkansas, take Vandy. All right, so I'm trying to learn from last week, right? I, I bet against Auburn and lost. I bet against Mississippi State and lost. Um, hmm. The only good thing about Dirty Dan is Mullen knows what the spread is, so he can feel good about that's that. That's absolutely right. Are you taking Florida for your lock of the week? I don't think you've said I either. think so. All right, that's a good one. I, I, I like mean, that South one. Carolina was going to lose by three now. But. No, I'm jealous of that. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to stay away from Arkansas State. I'm still keeping LSU Vandy in contention here. Just looking over the lines one more time. All right. All right. Here's, here's what I'm going to do. Last week, I, I thought Saban was going to intentionally not cover. This week, I say he's going to cover 17 and a half. That's my lock of the week. Alabama minus 17 and a half. A&M gets rolled. Uh, and Saban – Saban comes out of the week again, feeling like he's he's the class of the of the West for sure. Yeah. Um, oh man, it'd be it'd be real interesting because you know Mullen's never beaten Saban. Is that right? That's right. He never did it at State. No, yeah, you're right. They haven't played at Florida, Alabama, Florida SEC championship game. They're both ten and zero. That that could be something. I just want to real quick while we're on the topic. I, I feel good about Alabama right now being ten and zero. Although I can't say for sure. Let's see. Florida has to play AM. As of now, that's a win. That's coming up in week three. Uh, LSU, LSU at home's a win. win. Georgia, they get up for big and probably win. Uh, and then they cruise through the rest of the schedule, beat Tennessee in the last game. If so, I, first of all, I think Mullen is the bet here because you know he wants to be going into that UGA game looking infallible and try to carry that confidence through. If they get through that UGA game, then uh, yeah, it's it's curtains. They're going to Atlanta. Um, I, I I think I begrudgingly like Mullen uh, a little bit here. I mean, I think he's a he's a he's a dirty asshole, but he's fun to watch. He's a good coach, and like you said, he knows the spread. And I think if him and Saban were facing off, and he's never beaten Saban, I, I might I might be inclined to cheer for Dan in that game. 
Yeah. That's going to be interesting. All right. Uh, yeah, I said we might talk about other lines, but really, I mean, these are all uh, kind of mediocre. Um, ooh, we didn't talk about how Oklahoma lost to Kansas State, who the week before had lost to uh, Arkansas State, right? Yep. So that's something. That was a fun game. Texas almost lost to Texas Tech. They really should have lost. They were down by like two scores with three minutes left or something. Um, pulled that one out. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting here. Between Oklahoma, LSU, and Texas almost losing, there were uh, a lot of upsets Saturday afternoon in the 2.30 slot. Um, there's one line that stuck out. Uh, Baylor, West Virginia. You're right. That doesn't. I don't care about that at all. All right. Well, uh, those are the lines for the week. We got our locks of the week locked in. We're both looking to rebound and go one and one on the year. We're at the end of the show, John. You want to give me? Uh, you want to give me five minutes on that presidential debate last night? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Quote Lane Kiffin when asked if his if there was any positive from what he saw on tape from his defense on Saturday. No. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I, I think the, the big takeaway is that they're looking to change the rules because uh, because Don did so well, right? They're going to cut off his mic next time. So there you go. That's sarcasm for my listening out there. Um, they are looking to change the rules, but I wouldn't say it's because uh, anybody did particularly well. All right. Well, we'll see. There's two more debates to go, John. Five weeks of horse race politics remaining. Uh, they'll be playing. Maybe. We'll see if the we'll see if we figure out who wins election night. That's you're right. We might be looking more at six, seven, eight weeks, and then a Supreme Court ruling uh, before we have any actual results here. Uh, yep. Yeah, fun times. But hey, um, Ole Miss has a coach that's fun at football. Kermit Davis basketball coming up. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of positive things in, in what otherwise has been a very negative year. Um, so that's good. Some, something to build off of there, John. Yep. Fully agree. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it for this week. We we covered the the major topics here. Anything else to add, John? Good from my side. It's good to have SEC football back. Make Saturday a fun, yep. uh, interesting day. And then last week, NFL was pretty interesting throughout the entire day. So, um, yeah, it feels like we have. We have fall football weekends. There's a there is a. It's 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 maybe the the most sense of normalcy we've had since since February, right? Yep. Hey, the Astros fans here and there, and the NFL doesn't really seem to the NFL not having fans doesn't really seem to matter that much to me for some reason because it's yeah. More, I'd say I noticed the piped in crowd noise being weird, like reacting at the wrong times, like once or twice in a whole Sunday of watching Red Zone. So for the most part, I think it feels fairly normal. Yep. I don't think the NFL players really care that much. Um, yeah. Well, Astros became the first team to advance in the playoffs today. You know, haters will tell you it's uh, it's fake. They can't win without cheating, and they actually are pretty bad. But, hey, the Twins have lost, like, 17 playoff games in a row or something. So, you know, you'd, yeah. love, you'd love to get that match. Who do, they, who do they play in the second round, the division oh, good, series? Good question. I saw a bracket, but now I forgot. I don't know. Good question, though. They were the seven because the twins were the two. Let's see here. I think that's right. I think they were the seven and the. So eight they'd up. be playing the three six and don't ask me. Oh, is it Cleveland? Cleveland Yankees? Is it? Or 
Uh, is it the, is it, Oakland or the White Sox? Yeah, the A's White Sox. So that's an interesting one. That that series is one one. I saw uh, White Sox won, and then the A's came back and won. The whole three game wild card is an interesting concept for sure. Um, yeah, so it'll be the it'll be the winner of Astros or A's Sox, and then they're gonna go up against whoever comes out of Yankees Indians, uh, Blue Jays, and Rays. I saw the Rays advanced as well. Um, yeah. It's getting interesting. All right, and then uh, what? What about NBA, uh, NBA Finals, John? What do you think about the the matchup? We got the Heat with a bunch of young players versus Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the Lakers. Honestly, kind of an underwhelming matchup, I would say. I mean, the Lakers should win this five. Yep. Um, Heat Heat have had a hell of a run. It is an interesting storyline. LeBron going back against them. Mm-hmm. Back against uh, Bolstra. I think one thing that was interesting about the Heat that I saw people saying is like they they never tanked, which is interesting. You know, they lost the big three and they still didn't do the tanking thing. So I think that's, that's, that's commendable. Yeah. yeah, and they they kind of proved that you don't have to tank to rebuild after losing the star players. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a there's a lot of sports going on right now. I mean, conceivably we have days coming up where you have SEC games, playoff baseball. NBA Finals. I know the uh, the Stanley Cup just wrapped up, right? Uh, yeah. And, and there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. So it's uh it's an interesting time in sports. Um, again, the normalcy is good to have back. It's good to be here talking with you every week, John. Looking at lines, having our content laid out for us. It definitely makes it a lot easier than when it's like you know March and we're we're feeling around to, to talk about a baseball storyline or something. Yeah. Yeah. A lot easier. All right. Well, John, thank you, my friend, for taking time out of your week. It was fun catching up, talking SEC football. Uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back to talk to you again next week. All right. Bye.